when we think of characteristics, oftentimes we think of the habits that the person displays. Doing is the habit. Being is who you are. On today's episode of Wealth and Wisdom Together, we are talking about steward identity, R, recognizing our roles and responsibilities. Welcome to Wealth and Wisdom Together with Wesleya and Willa. This is the podcast that empowers you to unleash your steward identity, transform your money mindset, and engage the habits to manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. So sit back and relax as we dig deeper into wealth and wisdom together. Hey, family, it's so great to have you here today for another episode of Wealth and Wisdom Together. You know, we are still <laughs> in celebration. Mode yes, we are. Because we released our 100th episode last week. We are still so excited by your responses to that episode. And thank you all for all yes. of your congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 100 episodes for us. Truly a milestone. <laughs> I remember when we were saying, if we just had 10, we could get out there. We have a hundred. We have a hundred. That's no small feat. And data shows that I think this is a very small percentage of podcasters that actually yes. attain that achievement of a hundred episodes. So we're happy to have actually surpassed that as yes. we keep going on this journey, <laughs> providing you all the content that you need. Tap into your steward identity. That's right. Absolutely. We give all glory to God. To God be the glory. Yes. Now. To our first-time listeners, welcome. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. We're so glad you're tuning in. We really are. At Wealth and Wisdom Together, we're your financial big sister and auntie. We're here to help you unleash your steward identity and cultivate the habits that will empower you to manage your money confidently and live your life purposefully and build wealth intentionally. So, Today, we are continuing with our steward identity series, been exploring what it means to be a steward and how it can change the way you think about your finances, about how you manage your finances, about what you do with your monies. And steward identity is not just a label. It really is a way of life. And when you embrace it, you start seeing your resources in a whole new light. So... Come on now, let's jump right in and start this conversation. The steward identity is really helping you to basically get spiritual alignment. Yeah, it's really spiritual alignment. So that as you are navigating your money, you're not pulled by some of the things, some of the negative things that, that can happen when money is your driver. Tapping into your steward identity is really to help you let the Holy Spirit be your driver, not the money. Because sometimes when money is the driver, then money can also make everything else fall out of alignment. And let me give you a good example. It's the difference between choosing, making decisions, say, for example, say for a job. You may make a decision for a job based upon the money, based upon a bonus that's provided, based upon a salary, right? But if that job is going to pull you so far away from 
spending time with your family. It's going to pull you away from being able to take make time to take care of yourself. It could be a toxic environment. So it might be paying more, but it might do some things that could bring everything else out of balance. We yes. want you to be positioned where you can make decisions from the inside out. So you're making decisions from a spiritual place. And then you can also look at, okay, how does this decision affect my other areas? And if it does affect the other areas, again, you have the spiritual tools and the alignment to create that harmony so that money isn't the driver and money being a driver leading you to be deficient in other areas of your life. This is why we started this series so that you know, as a steward, what your spiritual alignment looks like. And so just by way of, I'll say a review, the S is surrendering to God. The yeah. T is trustworthiness, trusting yourself and trusting God. The E is earnestly seeking him. So again, like I said, we have these decisions that we have to make throughout our lives. We mm -hmm. want to earnestly seek him and involve him in that decision-making process, which will lead you to wisdom, which is the W. Now you are making wisdom-led decisions. Then A, we talked about that last week, is the accountability. You are accountable to God and you also are accountable to give God your best. Now, today we're at the R, which is your role and responsibility. When we think of characteristics, oftentimes we think of the habits that the person displays. And so with your steward identity, you're going to be recognized not only for who you are, but also what you do. Doing is the habit. Being is who you are. Yes. So today we're going to delve into, again, the roles and responsibilities of a steward by demonstrating the habits that distinguish you from others as you walk out and walk into your steward identity. So the first point is when you acknowledge your role as a steward, you're acknowledging that you're going to manage the resources that God has given you. First of all, we have to acknowledge that we are placed here with a responsibility to care for all the things that God has given to us. That instruction was given to us back at the beginning <laughs> in Genesis when God told Adam, I want you to sit here. I want you to settle here in the Garden of Eden. I want you to cultivate it and I want you to keep it. Yes. So if you go all the way back to Genesis chapter two, Adam doesn't own the world. Adam doesn't own the creation. Right. God is the creator, but God did ask him to manage all that he created. And we talk about knowing what our role is, but as a steward or a manager, we have specific responsibilities that we must carry out. These characteristics guide you, but these responsibilities help you to manage and to do what you need to do in order to multiply the resources that God has provided for you. So when we think about the habits of a steward, these habits will help you carry out your responsibilities. Mm -hmm. The very first one is to be a savvy <laughs> saver. You have to know what your goals are. You need to recognize the value of saving for the opportunities because when you're saving, you set up an opportunity for yourself. You prepare yourself to be able to carry out the purposes that God has for you to do. Mm -hmm. If you are not saving, if you have not storehouse, and I know we've used that word before, 
if you have not prepared, then you won't be able to respond in your responsibility as a steward when there's a demand, when God calls, mm-hmm. when the Holy Spirit sets it on your heart. Daughter, son, do this. Daughter, son, go there. If you haven't prepared. Now, for some people, you may say, well, she's just talking about emergency fund. Well, to some, that is what it is. <laughs> Save into an emergency fund so you can be prepared to meet the needs that even attack your own personal household. Mm-hmm. And it Those can be an emergency that- fund, an opportunity fund, a yep. sinking fund. <laughs> It could be your travel fund, contingency fund, whatever you name. It could be when God calls, you be ready. (laughs) When God provides an opportunity for me to do X, Y, Z, I can do that and it will not disrupt my budget. That's and that's the whole point that it does not disrupt your budget because you've set aside even just a little bit at a time. Just it doesn't matter. Put it aside now while you have it so that when the time comes that you need it, it'll be there. Or not just when you need it, when you want to use it, it'll be there. If you're setting aside something, saving for goals, it's not for an emergency so much. It's for when you want to do that. I spoke to a visitor who came to my house. I haven't seen her. She's from Michigan and she was down here. So she came by to visit and she said, I travel because I've been in a a travel club for years. She sets aside monies so that she can pull out what she wants to go where she wants to go. And she was sharing with me how she had been to Hawaii. She wants to go to Alaska. She's waiting for that one. I, I was sharing with her. Oh, you know, go. It's so beautiful. But she talked about the different islands that she had been to because she loves the cruise. Mm-hmm. And there are so many things that she's done. But when an opportunity comes up, she doesn't have to say, okay, let me start saving for this. No, she's been preparing mm-hmm. consistently. And it has provided her with the chance to go wherever she wants whenever she wants without a struggle and without a negative impact on her personal budget. Yeah. I love it. Another tip for this is oftentimes when when you're managing your money, you're figuring out your budget and your cost for the month. Sometimes you work on the expenses and then you'll figure out what you can save afterwards. I'm going to encourage you to not do it that way. To take out what you want to save first and then adjust the spending after you take out the savings. Yeah. Because that way it's going to help you build that muscle. Like savings is a muscle that you have to build. It's a discipline that you have to build. And sometimes when we have habits that we need to, new habits that we need to form, we need to be able to make them uh, be able to achieve it as easy as possible. So start with automation as well. That way it could come directly from your payroll check. So when you, if you have direct deposit, you could tell them to put a a portion in your savings and then the remaining portion in your checking account. 
You can also do automatic transfer. You could take it mm-hmm. and have it automatically transfer from your checking into your savings. That way it's automatic what's happening. And then you live out the rest. So that is a real quick practical tip that you can start almost immediately, especially coming into the new year. You got goals you're trying to hit. If building that savings muscle is what you're trying to do for the new year, you don't have to no longer talk about it. You could be about it. So go ahead and determine that amount and have that come out automatically. Doing automatic deductions has been a godsend for me for years. Mm-hmm. Same. If you were getting a promotion or getting an increase, a lot of times we have been able to just put that increase, whatever that additional was, to go directly into an account mm-hmm. and continue to live off what we were because we were managing well with what we had. Mm-hmm. So when that increase came, it just provided us with more opportunity for whatever we wanted to do, whenever we wanted to do it. So yeah, payroll deduction and automatic transfers is an excellent way to get that started, especially yeah. if you're not really good at, okay, let's write this check. Doing it, let the computers do it. Mm-hmm. It makes it easier. Yeah. So the T in your habits is a tithe's heart. That means that you cheerfully give in support of the kingdom and you recognize that God will meet all your needs. Having a tither's heart goes back to honestly what we discussed in accountability and giving God your best. Mm-hmm. And when you have a tither's heart, that means that you are willing and want to give God your best. And so that you will cheerfully give your tithes as well as your offerings into supporting the kingdom work. Now, as financial counselors and coaches, oftentimes, and we just did a very good presentation on this that we got great and rave reviews about <laughs> when we're talking about navigating the intersection between faith and finance. And sometimes when you're trying to manage what you all that you have going on, it's easy to figure out your expenses and then go back and say, oh, what am I going to give? Do it first. Do it from the top. So the first two things would be your tithe, your savings, and you live out the rest. Because again, with a tither's heart, you are not only managing the resources and being accountable to God, but you're also trusting, see all this works together. You're also trusting that as I yield to you, you will also allow me to reap more. And so you don't do it just for that, but you do it because of the relationship that you have, because you're showing yourself accountable. You're showing yourself as being trustworthy. So God knows, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have managed a little. I can give you more. This is one of the areas of how we're able to release that increase in our lives is by having a tither's heart and you're giving it cheerfully. You give it cheerfully, knowing and having full confidence in God, who is your provider, that he will meet all of your needs. And another habit is being an earnest earner. When I think about being an earnest earner, I think about going to my job, doing my very absolute best. And I do that because I'm not really working For this employer, although he is my boss, I am working as unto God because he has provided 
this boss, mm -hmm. this company, this resource for me to earn a living, to make provision for myself. And it's all through him. And so I do truly my absolute best to do that because I know that I'm doing it as unto God. Absolutely. It's, it's just, and it's also you recognizing how God has equipped you, how he has his purpose for you and how he's called you. And when you recognize that he is providing you all these opportunities for your skills and your talent to bring him glory in the marketplace, then, yeah, you are opening yourselves up to move as he would have you to move. So, again, you're working unto God, not unto man. So be open for the opportunities that for advancement that he will bring to you. And if for any reason you are you feel fearful or uncomfortable that, again, as a steward, you go right back into your identity. I am fearful. I'm uncomfortable. I need to earnestly seek him. I need surrender. to earnestly seek him for the wisdom. So I That's know, right. is this opportunity from you, Lord? That's so right. you're going to continue to earnestly seek him and that's going to help you with that harmony that we we're talking about because a lot of times we will seek things and i mentioned it in my example based on the money but what does that do with the rest of the harmony when we are earnestly working for god he will allow that harmony to come into being if we continue to seek him that really leads right into the next habit the w a sense of well-being, a sense of wellness. And for us, a sense of financial well-being. You have that sense of peace because all is working together mm -hmm. in accords to God's plan for not only your finances, but for your life. When you think about the habits that you take on, the characteristics that you take on as a steward, your steward identity would lead you when you're in a situation as you just posed, it would lead you to surrender. God, I'm not quite sure. I don't know what to do. I yield to you. I trust you. Give me the decision that I should make. Give me the wisdom so that I can make the best decision possible to do what I need to do. It helps you to maintain your sense of well-being, your sense of peace. Because you know and you trust that whatever is going on, God's got the answer and you're going to walk through it as that answer manifests itself and right. all will be well. Right. And also practically, you are understanding that your wellness and well-being is a part of stewarding your life. You have to steward your body. Great nutrition and physical activity. Do the things that you need to do to keep your mind well, do what you need to do to maintain healthy relationships. All of this falls into wellness and well-being as well. So you understand that it takes resources sometimes in order to be able to accomplish that. It's part of the habits. You are making sure that you're allotting room in your budget to accomplish those things. The next habit, A, appreciating assets. You're going to focus on assets that increase value and maximize the return on these assets. Again, your role and responsibility is to manage and multiply. Be fruitful 
and multiply. multiply. <laughs> so it's, it's good to manage it, means, which means you're not squandering. You're able to meet your needs, but you also need to take a portion of that and multiply it as in the parable of the talents. And we've shared this before. The one servant who had five went away, worked, multiplied it. When the master returned, he had 10. The one who had two did the same thing. When the master came back, he had four. So what are you doing in order to multiply the assets or the resources that God has given you? Yes, you have to earnestly earn. That is one of the ways. So you need to be open to increasing your income. But as you're doing that, you also need to be open to investing. Yes, we want you to save. That's a savvy saver. You're building up that muscle, that discipline, but you're going to get to a point where you're going to do more than save. You're going to start investing. You're going to be participating in your 401k and your retirement plans. You're going to be opening up IRAs, Roth IRAs. You're going to be doing all the things that you need to do in order to make sure that in your future years, 25, 30, 40 years down the line, you have multiplied the assets that you have received over the years so that now you're getting income from that money and you're living off those assets, the income from those assets and not necessarily having to go out and work for the money. Your money's working for you, not you working yes. for it. So right. appreciating right. assets, understand there are some things that I might sacrifice right now because it benefits me in the future. And so you're able to look at the balance and harmony. You're able to live now, but you also have your sight on the future so that you can make sure that you're investing for the future as well. Because you can't eat your seed. You got to put some away <laughs> no. for the future. <laughs> yes, yes. Your conversation talks so much about appreciating assets. When I think about the next habit, risk management. Oh, yeah. You may not think that you ought to be a risk manager, but you do. You have had assets and these assets are valuable. Protect them. They will not be able to serve you in the future if you eat your seed now or if you don't protect your assets. And for many of us, when we think about risk management, we think about insurance, be it investments, be it property, be it cash, whatever it is, protect them so that they will multiply and allow us an opportunity to allow them to work for us in the future while we are retired, while mm -hmm. we're chilling, mm -hmm. while we're doing what we want to do because we spent the time, acquired them, protected them. They become a part of our legacy, but there will be no legacy if we don't protect the assets that we have recognize the value of them and protect them as such. And calamities can always strike at any always point. It's there. It's yep. always there. And it can wipe you out. Share the risk with the insurance company <laughs> because honestly, risk management brings peace of mind. Yeah. It brings peace of mind of knowing that, you know what, I can make a phone call and it's, it's handled. You know what? You're so right, because I think about how we've moved into a hurricane litten area. So we put up hurricane shutters. Yeah. I am not going to be the one out there boarding up I, I can't <laughs> physically. Yeah. So we put them up. So when they begin to talk about take cover or 
buy this or protect this. We just hit the button or call someone else to hit the button. Mm -hmm. But we have a sense of peace. Yes. We recognize that they have a weather problem here. And if we're going to stay here, then we need to protect this asset, our mm -hmm. home. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, our livelihood. Yeah, absolutely. Our livelihood. Yeah. And you mentioned that and sometimes the two things that people get rid of when they get into a bind is their life insurance or their auto. Yeah. And you should not keep those things. Adjust other areas. Make sure if you do not have life insurance that you get life insurance. Yes. That, that'll be a whole different episode that we could talk about life insurance. I think we've already we've got a previous episode where we're talking about insurance. But for our community. It's important. It's important. Yeah, it is. I know someone recently, her husband passed. I found out about it on Facebook because they were doing a GoFundMe to raise funds for the mm -hmm. services. Mm -hmm. I need our people to understand the importance of your life as an asset. Yes. And that how what calamity can do when it strikes your life, you need to make sure that you're insured. Yeah. And it doesn't take a lot of money. And you need coverage that's beyond what your employer is providing. Yes. So just take that as a serious request. And just yeah. to add to that a little bit, for those who are not earners, thinking in terms of children, you can just get burial insurance for a very minimal amount. Yes. Just to cover the unfortunate event if you lose a child mm -hmm. because when we think of insurance we think about replacing earnings well they're kids they're in school mm -hmm. but there are incidences and occurrences where we lose our children and that's where i've mostly seen the gofundme pages but mm -hmm. if we just think in terms of a smaller burial policy mm -hmm. and then the d Debt minimized. You, being a good steward or tapping into your steward identity, you understand that credit is an asset and that your name is to be honored, which means that your debt is minimized because you are not overextended and you're meeting your obligations on time. You are very cautious in creating debt and you set a limit to the amount of debt that you're going to carry. And typically that limit is going to be 24% or less. So you are very mindful of how you use debt, yeah. but you might use your credit as a way to keep your money in the bank longer because of a, a, a reward or some other type of value that is provided by using credit to purchase the item. You can do it because you have the money. It's not that you are overextending yourself and it's not that you're buying things that you quote unquote cannot afford. Yes, yes. You understand how to use credit wisely. Therefore, you keep your debt minimized. And when we talk about debt in this sense, we're mostly talking about consumer debt. Mm -hmm. Talking about consumer debt, AKA, let me charge this, let me charge that credit card debt mostly. Most that, yeah. that is unsecured. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also be mindful of your automobile. Yeah. Um, your automobile debt. Only because automobiles don't appreciate 
they mostly depreciate unless you're buying a certain type of automobile, some type of collector's item or some type of rare automobile like that. Because sometimes we can overextend ourselves with our auto. Our vehicles. Yeah. Our auto notes. So just be mindful of that, too, as you are looking at your overall debt plan. So if you have high credit card, don't get a high auto loan. We also we just try to make recommendations so that you're managing it as a good steward so that you're also continuing to be able to build wealth. There's got to be a balance. It's got to be a balance. If you have high credit card balances and it's time for you to get a new car, you might don't overextend yourself. Remember, we told you about that 24 percent limit. So just be mindful of that. But as you walk through your steward identity and you think about saving, you think about being trustworthy, you think about earning, you think about uh, just your whole sense of well-being. When you do those things, you can have that luxury vehicle mm-hmm. because you will have prepared for it. Mm-hmm. You may not get it all up front right away, right. but you will be able to do it. You're doing it a little bit at a time Mm -hmm. nothing is outside of your reach because remember you are a steward you trust god you surrender to him he will provide you with all your needs and i always say some of your wants as well yeah and desires yeah yeah i I know for a fact that god will provide for your needs wants and desires Mm -hmm. i have walked this out yeah, I have. I know what God did when we committed to tithing, to committed to having a tither's heart. I know what happened when we were committed to saving. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the decisions that we made on how we were going to earn, allowing purpose to drive us and not being just so caught up by every whim based upon that proverbial dangling carrot. Yeah. Or shiny object syndrome. Like I know what happened in our lives when we not only paid off all of our debt, but then we're smart enough to use credit wisely so that we could kept it at a minimum. So we're not against using credit cards. I have a credit card. I use it, but we pay yeah. it off. Mm-hmm. So all the things that we've shared with you are habits that over the years, over time, we have built. Next week, we're going to tell you how you can identify the milestones that you can reach as you're working on these habits. The habits of a steward, a savvy saver, a tither's heart, yeah. an earnest earner, wellness and well-being, appreciating assets, risk management, and debt minimized. We talked about being who you are, the, the characteristics but then these are the habits, what you do, the roles and the responsibilities that align with those characteristics to bring you into a point of financial well-being so that you are able to manage your money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally. All these habits become a way of life mm-hmm. in your steward identity. Absolutely. But you just kind of do them because that's who you are. Yeah. You come away from the whelms of culture mm-hmm. the whelms of fads mm-hmm. those things go away exactly because you are so satisfied and content content <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 because you know what god is doing and how he's working in you and in your life to help you reach your goals so you're not worried about what everybody else is doing you're focusing yeah. on 
you. That's another reason why spiritual alignment is so important. Yes. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Next week, we're going to close out this series. We are your financial big sister and auntie. And our end goal for you is always fulfillment and wealth on your terms. As you trust God, trust yourself and trust the process. So bye for now and continue to tap into the advantage of wealth and wisdom together. Bye. Bye. Hey, family, if you would like to support us, please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episode. And if you found this episode valuable, please share it with your friends and family on social media. Don't forget to follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Wealth Wisdom Together. Your support means the world to us and helps us to continue to provide great content for you. Thank you for listening and look forward to another great episode next week.